Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance time. Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is the Morning Blitz on 1025 UROC, AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Hope you're having a good start to your day. 35 degrees outside, minimal wind, if any. High of 60 expected for this Thursday, February the 1st. Welcome to the month of February. Shortest month, although it is a long February this year with it being a leap year, so we do get the 29th. Do you know anybody born on the 29th of February, Christian? I don't, actually. And is it? Perhaps bad that it was only a couple days ago that I even realized it was a leap day at all. Is that like a a big deal? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll I don't know if it really is. You really don't probably notice attention. it until you get to um uh, until you get to you know the end of the month and like oh there's 29 days in February oh, this nice. year you know so hey, I don't know day. if it's that big of a deal to be honestly to be honest with you but you know. I do find it fascinating the people that are born on leap days, you know, because then I, I would just, you know, I would just, but where my birthday was, well, I'm not really five. I'm actually, you know, three or two. <laughs> it, yeah. You, when you're 20, you know, you're 30 or something, yeah. it won't let you into a bar. It's know? actually a real date that could actually happen and you can actually be, um, you know, you can lie about it. And you're actually not really telling a lie. You're actually being truthful. You could actually say, you know, yeah, I'm actually not that age. See, you can. You're being truthful about it. But nonetheless, we got a full show ahead for you here on a Thursday. Once again, hope you're off to a great start. Get your thoughts and comments in throughout the next hour here on our text line, the number 785-899-2222. We'll be asking a question. Are NBA and MLB seasons too long? A question that has been talked about on this show before. <laughs> We'll get Christian Pickdimmit's thoughts on it as we push forward here. Uh, big reason for this, two reasons for this, why this uh, this topic came up. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, slow night tonight in sports. In fact, the only really uh, appointment watching for years truly will be Nebraska basketball taking on sixth-ranked Wisconsin at home. That'll be the only thing that's uh, that enticing to me because uh, there's really nothing else locally going on on this Thursday before a very busy Friday with local sports, and which Friday we will have Connor Nickel join us live on the air. Uh, uh-huh. He'll be joining us, and he'll be uh, talking with us about high school sports. Look forward to having Connor Nickel on the program. So we got a full show ahead today. Plenty to recap from last night, and no better way to do that than with our front page. Read all about it. Read all about it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. Hot off the press. It's the front page on the Morning Blitz. Front page, really? I want to start with last night. Of course, a very big night inside Goodland's Max Jones Fieldhouse as the Northwest Tech Maverick wrestling team welcomed in Cowley County and second-ranked Pratt for a tri-duel. Uh, the lot, the North, the Jayhawk Conference wrestling chip was on the line. 
And Northwest Tech comes up just a little bit short. They lose to second-ranked Pratt, 24-18 in a rank of in a matchup of top 10 ranked teams. Uh, but overall, a pretty good showing, losing there once again by six. Uh, there to Pratt, considered one of the best programs in the nation. But the Breavers earned the Jayhawk League wrestling crown. Tech did win their other duel of the night. They beat Cowley County 39 to 16. The Mavericks up next. We heard from Chris Gio on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Tuesday. Uh, he said, you know, the next step for them would be the Region 6 Championships on February 10th. So that's what is up next. And as we said before, if you win there and advance out of that, you're feeling pretty good about picking up some hardware at the national level because it's a very difficult region to wrestle out of. Uh, Colby Community College Wrestling, they would go 0-2 last night at the Cloud County Tri-Duel and Concordia Trojans lost 39-9 to Barton, lost 44-7 to the host T-Birds from Cloud County. Trojans still have one more tri-duel on their schedule before the postseason. Uh, they will head to Seward, Nebraska for uh, the tri-duel, the Concordia tri-duel uh, with York College. That's up in my neck of the woods. That's only about a 40 to 45 minute drive to where I'm originally from, the Concordia, oh, York College go. area. So uh, not too far away from that. Uh, did you happen to be at the event center last night, Christian? Did you have PA to work last I, night? I did not. Uh, I was not called upon. He was not. Uh, Kenny did. Hernandez did not give you the ring. <laughs> no, I was not. I was not uh, greenlit for last night. I did end up watching some of the games, but not uh, working them, so I wasn't there end to end. Uh, it, yeah, to be honest, is about uh, what you kind of expect going into a matchup with the the caliber of teams. Uh, that Hutch has. Well, Hutch is usually the cream of the crop, and yeah, exactly. the Lady the, the Lady Blue Dragons are really the cream of the crop this year, as they're the second-ranked team in the nation. Uh, they're very, very good, and they win 69-35 over Colby last night in the girls' game. So and that is a great reminder that uh, their mascot is also cream of the crop. Blue Dragons, you love that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you're not a fan. I'm not. I like other nicknames. We, we can get to All other right, great nicknames. Enough. I mean, the Blue men, Dragons is also Blue Dragons is fine, but it's not like oh, I love that. You know, I love other. I love unique. I love. I mean, it is unique. Don't get me wrong, but I guess I don't. I, 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 like, I feel like Dragons is pretty. Unique, like though. I always go back to some of the since we're going to go on a side tangent here of mascots. Yeah, of course. Some of the some of my favorite mascot names are like. Um, I know there's one, like there's some up in Nebraska. I know like a, the the Cozad Haymakers. I love the Haymakers. I think that's fun. The Holdridge Dusters is a fun nickname as well. I just like some of these other. I know these names you've never heard of before. You know dragons. You've heard of dragons before. It's just a blue dragon. You know I like the ones that you that's have never fair. heard of before. I like those. I think it's that's like, cool. Uh, the the Silver Swords. Yes, Silver Shamanad Swords. Might Great. Have, Shamanad might have my. Uh, they're my newcomer of the year. Certainly, I don't think I'd heard. You know, it used uh, to be not the Warriors, but the Rainbow it. Warriors. I give them a little credit yeah, there. Yeah, so, which is it? Yeah. So, you know, I just, I, I like uniqueness in the nickname. I like creativity. Cornhuskers. Cornhuskers. There you go. Uh, creativity. I like that Talk stuff. Talk about creativity. Uh, the Michigan, the Wolverines, were only the Wolverines because, like, someone spotted one that washed up on shore in, like, the 1800s. And I guess there hadn't been one living like they do, like Wolverines don't live in Michigan. That was yeah. just like a, a, a scouter or hunter happened to see one and it had just washed up over from Canada. And that was like the first one on Michigan land in 200 years. But he didn't know that. Do you know what Nebraska's nickname was before the Cornhuskers? 
Actually, I don't. They were the bug eaters. They were the bug eaters. Oh, gosh. That's brutal. By the way, we have have people texting in. Uh, the brush, oh, yes, the brush need. beat diggers, uh, the Rocky Ford Meloneers, some other great oh, nicknames as well. The Meloneers. If you have uh, a great nickname or a great mascot, send one in. Oh my gosh! Yeah, text us. We'd love to hear of your bug great favorite might nicknames. Be the, my favorite one. I'm yeah, Bug Eaters it. was the original. I actually have an original a T-shirt that was a throwback T-shirt <laughs> that said Bug Eater Foot that says Bug Eater Football on it. It so. sounds like something someone else would name you. Like, I don't think Nebraska was like, yes, we're going to be the bug eaters. Yeah, it was that way for a few years, and they're like, yeah, that's not rolling. Let's not stick with that. So, Anyway, let's move along. The, the reason we bring up the Blue Dragons is because they've got really good basketball teams together again this year, especially the women's side. They beat Colby last night 69-35. See, Sophia Lopez, only lady Trojan in double figures. She had 17 points, but Colby has a team shot 28% from the floor uh, done their tough night shooting. They dropped to six and fourteen overall, two and thirteen in the Jayhawk. I, I just once again, I didn't watch in the game, but I always try to just kind of take a look at the numbers. When you shoot twenty eight percent against the second ranked team in the country, it is hard to win. It's hard to win. It is very hard to win, and I hate to hark back on this because it it almost writes off this season, but. This is a team that's coached well, and they play hard, and there's a lot of possessions, maybe a few less last night against a tougher opponent uh, than in their past couple of weeks because they've certainly played better as of late. Uh, But you kind of run a great play, and everything is executed really well, and the shot just doesn't go in. Lady Trojans were plagued by the Jayhawk uh, sickness last night. They only got two points off the bench. (laughs) So... That'll hurt you a little bit there. That's the Nick Timberlake special. Yeah, there you go. The NT special. Uh, The men's game, a little bit lopsided as well. Hutch winning 77-56. They're ranked as well in the top 25. Uh, They got themselves a great team. They hit 11 of 22 threes, shot 51%. Did Hutch in the ball game. Colby only went 2 of 10 from three. Our boy, Marco Malikinisic, 18 points, 7 boards. Uh, leading the way in both statistical categories last night for the uh, for Colby. When you have Maxence Masadia go 0 for 4 with 4 assists, you're probably not going to win a lot. That's one of your better players for Colby, and to have that kind of performance, which is going to happen from time to time, it's probably not going to result in wins when you look at the win-loss uh, final score. Yeah, you actually got a fair amount uh, of scoring of production off of your bench but you're exactly right if max isn't gonna score that that'll hurt you a ton to be honest with you this game was closer for longer than i expected it was i think under the eight minute uh mark when colby finally lost its lead or maybe it was tied at that point but then as soon as hutch ran away with it it was gone they colby was nowhere in the rear view it was 10 to 15 points at the very least, the rest of the way, and it seemed like the Blue Dragons had an answer for kind of every Trojan. Tommy Salami, Tommy, Tommy's group, the head coach for uh, for Hutch. They, he's the way they play basketball. It's like helter skelter up mm. and down the floor. You know, it's you know, get down the floor, put up a shot as quick as you can. It's about getting as many shot attempts as you can in a in an eighty minute in an eighty minute or sorry, yeah, in a forty minute contest. That's what it's about for him. Uh, and they, they could do that to anybody, and usually why they're ranked inside the top uh, 20 uh, almost every single season. So, tough night for the Trojans. Uh, they lose, once again, 
Uh, the Mates, they fall to 7-14 and 14 overall, 3-11 conference play. Uh, Colby gets a week off. They have no games until next Wednesday when they take the long road trip down southeast to Independence. So a day off there for the Trojans to rest and recuperate. How about this last night? Talk about a tough loss last night. K-State women's basketball team up to number two in the rankings, the highest ever. Suffered just their second loss of the season. They lose at Oklahoma, unranked Oklahoma, 66-63 last night. <laughs> Banged up is the way I would put K-State's women right now. I mean, to, to be the number two team and to be missing, you know, Lee and, and some other players dinged up, it's, it's hard. It's hard to win, especially on the road, as we say every single day on this show, it seems like. Um, Jaleese Sanchez led him with 18 points, also had nine rebounds. Uh, Sunny Sandel had 15 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, almost a triple-double for her. But the Cats come up short, 66-63. Hopefully they're able to get Aoka Lee back at some point in time because it's going to really help their postseason push. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to sting a little bit. You get this highest ranking, you're feeling good about mm-hmm. yourself. God, look what we've done, and pff, a deflating yeah, loss at right Oklahoma. Away. That's got to sting. Got to stay. At the same time, I, I don't want to discount this at all. Oklahoma played well. They beat the number two team in the land. But, yeah, injuries do play a part. And I think in the back of your mind, if you're the Cats, you kind of look like, well, we, we lost a close game and we lost on the road. And that stinks. And we're not going to be the number two ranked Wildcats anymore. But, yeah, they are going to get uh, Aoka Lee more than likely back in time for tournament time, I think. Think that her timetable is another two weeks uh, before she is back. Last I checked, and that that would be big. That is huge because she's a huge part of what they do. And uh, shooting 36 percent from the floor without her maybe would be changed by the woman with the I believe it's sixth or something. It's a top ten field goal percentage in the nation individually. It's got to be higher than that. I bet it's like top five. (laughs) If she gets on the block, it's almost like it's good. Yeah, you already already book it just when she catches it down low. She's that good, and so I think in the back of your mind, you're not too worried about a road Big 12 loss, but at the same time, yeah, it stinks to to lose a close one like that. That's the reason why K-State lost last night. They didn't play Taryn Sides, Phillipsburg guard. Only played one minute last night. Come on. Get her in there. Let her play. I'm joking. That's not probably why they lost. Uh, a great game, though, from Skyler Van at Oklahoma was a big reason why. 21 points, 8 rebounds to lead them. Well, Kansas State's leading score at 18 by Sanchez. So, nonetheless, a loss for Kansas State women as they uh, suffered their second loss of the season after getting to be ranked number 2 in the country, which is the highest ranking ever. And uh, It'll knock them down a little bit, but they, they've built up enough, enough equity. They're not going to fall that far, but still a little bit of a sour note there. And our final stop here on the front page, we finally found out what's going to happen to Kansas football when they play this 2024 season and where they're going to play. Because as we know right now, looking at David Booth Memorial Stadium, it's nothing but really a pile of rubble with a football field in the middle of it. That's what it is. And I doubt they were going to just wheel in bleachers to... to... Part of me wanted to see that, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest. They're not going to wheel in bleachers and play in the middle of a construction zone. So they have decided that they are going to play football in the KC Metro in 2024. They have worked out a deal with uh, Sporting KC, which, of course, plays their games at Children's Mercy Park. And they've also worked out a deal, of course, with the Chiefs 
to play at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. They're going to play their two non-conference games, which I believe are against Linenwood and what's the other one? I'm trying to remember what that one was. Linenwood and UNLV. Those will be played, which that UNLV team might be decent, although they've been ravaged by the transfer say, yeah. market, a transfer portal Everyone. market. But let's remember, KU's bringing a lot back next year, and if they're healthy, they should be considered to be one of the best teams in the Big 12. But they're going to play Lindenwood and UNLV at Children's Mercy Park. And then at, that's where they play uh, games for Sporting KC, which is a nice place. They used to host the Division II football championship there for a couple did years. They really? Yeah, I, I think they that. did. So uh, th- it's a nice facility that they will, they'll be able to make that work. And then they will play their four Big 12 conference home games against TCU, Houston, Iowa State, and Colorado which is so much fun. Colorado's coming back to the Big 12. Uh, they will play those at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, which, you know, the the Jayhawks have played it at Arrowhead in previous years, not that long ago. They used to play Missouri when they were in the conference, kind of in a rivalry game there. I think they played Iowa State one time there, so they're used to playing at those spots. It'll This is a this is probably the best solution for what's going on. That They need a place to play. This is probably the best solution. Would have been great. You could have played all your home games in one spot. Yeah, but you know what? This isn't all bad. And honestly, if they would have had to play all the games at Sporting KC, or once it was known as Children's Mercy Park, I don't think that would have been that bad at all. That's a nice facility. No, so I, I can't tell if I'm sorry for the players because particularly the seniors, you know, you don't get your one last uh, stand in a true home stadium. You know, I'm sure it doesn't really feel like yours and you bounce around and it's two different home stadiums for the year but at the same time you get to play an arrowhead which i'm sure is a dream come true for a lot of the guys maybe even those not going to the league you know it's uh, an all-time experience i'm sure to be on that field i think it is probably your best case scenario in terms of working out where to play and I think it'll be fun. I I was not around when they have last played in Arrowhead, so I'm excited to see it. Uh, Travis Goff, athletic director for Kansas, said, "Quote: This plan for the 2024 season has the has an incredible number of benefits for our student athletes, fans, and supporters, our campus partners, and the football program. While we were disappointed we can't play in Lawrence, ultimately we want to create the best possible experience for all involved for playing two games." at Children's Mercy Park, and the other games at Arrowhead Stadium, which allows us to do that. It has been a thrill to see construction begin in Lawrence on the Gateway District in David Bluth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. This decision allows that construction to continue on a necessary timeline while also benefiting the overall budget of the project and the 2024 fan experience. My question is, if, if you're a fan, this could be, and it's, it's quotation could, this could be one of the best seasons since that Orange Bowl team in 2008 coming up for Kansas football, and you're not going to be doing it in Lawrence, is it disappointing or is it not? That's that's what I was trying to debate between for the players. I mentioned that it might be you know a, a split emotion, and I'm sure for the fans as well, because you're exactly right. This could be on the horizon a huge Jayhawk season, and it. I'm going to go with good. I'm going to say it's a good thing that you get these new experiences for the kids, and it's a fun thing to go over and play in these huge pro stadiums, the both of them. And uh, I'm not going to discount the fact that it's not in Lawrence, and there are probably fans because of that that maybe won't go teams that they would have before. But I think it's a good experience. I think for all around, it's it's a nice little thing, and obviously it ends I think, with a new stadium for the Hawks. I think the first game of the season, going to Mercy Park, 
and the first game of the year against TCU at GEHA Field, I think will be a bit of a, you know, that'll take a little bit to get used to what your, you know, your routine. You're used to your routine on home games. You get there yeah, at a certain time. Really yeah, it's not stadium. your home stadium. So I'm curious to see if that plays a factor on how they play in those games because you're kind of out of sorts. I could see later on in the season or after you've been there a game or two, you kind of get the routine down. But very routine, very habitual. When you want to, when you know, it doesn't matter on the road at home. You do things a certain way, and uh, it'll be kind of like playing a road game almost every single year, at least from the trap. You know, going there, getting ready, all that stuff. They'll try to make it as home friendly as possible, but it'll be something to keep your eye on as the season progresses on. But um, they've done it before, but to do a whole season there, you know, and, and and there's been lots of team. You know, I remember when Northwest Missouri State used to play Pitt State at Arrowhead. Well, we had a chance to go call broadcast there, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, and, and it was really, really neat. And, you know, you got to play that one game there, that rivalry game there. Um, you know, but playing a whole season at a, at a different spot. Teams have done it before. I mean, shoot, didn't the Bears play it in Champaign uh, when their stadium was under renovation? Yeah, they did that. And, you know, there's been other... Did New Orleans play someplace else for a couple games after Katrina? Yes. Yeah, see, so... I'm trying to remember but to have a whole season, you know, that doesn't yes. happen very often. But that's what's going to happen. And I think Kansas City, KU should be very thankful that, and we're not saying thankful, they are lucky that they have a big city with a big stadium not too far away, just within, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. Because I know, for example, Nebraska is going to redo their south end zone here next season. Well, they're going to have to pretty much play through the rubble. Because, and, the, and through the construction, because there's no stadium anywhere near that, you know, unless you're going to drive an extra couple hours to Kansas City, there's no real-sized football stadium in Omaha, so it's the only place you really have to play, so you're going to just play through that. Where Kansas has the ability to tear all the things down, go play someplace, come place else, come back in a year or two with a brand-new stadium. So, anyway, I think it's going to be neat to see, uh, and it's gonna, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be cool for them to get to play in these two different spots, uh, and at the same time, hopefully uh, it doesn't impact their season too much there you go the front page here on a thursday let's get to a break when we come back an interesting topic has been brewing up in the nba and i believe it's been brewing up in the major league systems for a long long time we will get to this topic next you're listening to it's a thursday morning edition of the morning blitz